0: This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. From time to time, we're going to catch up with the people who have shared their story on the show. Last time we caught up with critic turned activist Danny Vallant. She was yearning for the day to strap on the bib in a restaurant again. Well, with the easing of restrictions in Victoria, that day finally arrived. Danny, how are you going?
1: I'm good. I'm well fed.
0: Well, that's good to hear. Now, before we talk about the restaurant experience that you had, I know speaking to you previous to that, you had some hesitation about uh, your first restaurant experience. Can you tell us why that was?
1: I think I've been so looking forward to restaurants reopening and to going to them. And I've been so nostalgic about all the great times that I've had in restaurants that I was scared that things would feel flat and empty and everyone would be nervous the restrictions would um, dilute the dining experience that that people wouldn't be able to express that sense of hospitality so I was hesitant I w- I really was
0: And how did you come to the conclusion of where you would dine first that's a pretty tough decision surely
1: it's a big decision but I think some people have put too much weight on it you know I I, I heard from one, Uh, Israeli cafe that I love that he had a precious table booked and a diner came in and uh, while the waiter's back was turned left because and then fo- you know when he followed up with an email, that person said, "Oh, look, you know, we we, we wanted a, a particular experience for our first meal back, and and you were we didn't feel you were going to give it to us, so we left." <laughs> it's like, wow. oh, that is too much weight to put on that first dining experience. So absolutely, yeah. So I didn't put that much weight on it, but um, so the first dinner that I went out, I had been out to a cafe, but the first dinner felt a little bit. I guess I don't know. I did. I did want it to be the right place. I didn't I wanted to keep it local, so I went to a restaurant near me called Tulum, uh, which is contemporary Turkish, and it's a restaurant I've enjoyed, you know, many times in the past. I've had their takeaway a couple of times through the pandemic, and that just felt like a good place to go.
0: Well, it's a bloody good restaurant, so it's a good choice. Um, can you take us through the experience of what it was like when you know arriving there and what systems they have in place and and how you felt?
1: Yeah, sure. So even though it was a big decision to decide where to go, uh, I don't think I'd really. I think I was more like, "Oh, hang on, clothes. What, <laughs> what, 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 do, what are those? Where are they? What do I, what do I wear when I go to a restaurant?" So I was kind of just in the in the throes of that. Um, I threw on a dress that was novel, um, and walked to the restaurant. Uh, and I don't know, I wasn't really thinking too much about it. But when I saw the door and, you know, you've, it's the dark, cold street and the golden light behind the glass door and people, I was I was almost overwhelmed. Um, as we walked in, there was a, a waiter there with a handheld temperature gun, um, which she cheerfully aimed at our foreheads uh, one by one. I was so excited to have my temperature taken uh bizarrely (laughs) and um we were shown to our table at the back of the restaurant um on the table there was a sheet of paper with some pencils and that was for us to write down our name and number and if we wanted also our email address um and you know i felt like that was yeah, I knew that was going to happen. I didn't exactly know how they were going to take my details, but I was prepared for that. The tables were well-spaced, so they'd set up tables between the tables that were set for dining and they'd put books on them and, they, you know, they've got a cookbook uh, so, or glasses and flowers and that kind of thing. And it's quite a small restaurant, so I think that it wasn't too hard for them to create that feeling of, you know, a dining room that was, that was busy and there was bustle and there was action.
0: So what, what did you eat? I mean, you know, we don't have to run through the whole menu, but was there anything that sort of just, you know, encapsulated the moment for you and and the experience?
1: Well, I had this feeling that I wanted to spend as much money as I could while <laughs> I was there for my short booking because we had an hour and a half. So uh, we ordered the seven-course tasting menu with matched wines. And, uh, you know, I, I I also felt for the restaurant, like I hate being that person Uh, well I don't ever want to be that person that's lingering when you know they need to get the next table in especially with the added burden of sanitizing so I asked the waiter you know is it okay if we order that tasting menu and she's like yes uh, but you're not allowed to talk so (laughs) we had our orders (laughs) but it was it was all like super friendly and you know obviously the staff are getting used to things but the um I think there was that sense of they were just glad to be able to um deliver hospitality uh so as far as as the food went it's it's beautiful food so i mean i guess there's dishes that you just wouldn't do at home so some leek poached in olive oil with a few different textures of carrot i mean if i whenever i say foam i feel like i'm i'm It's an insult but it's beautiful frothy carrot Uh, i was it was just delicious and delicate and it was all these flavors and it was with with matched wine i think one of the things i've missed most is someone pouring the wine for you and matching it um so you know i don't have any trouble drinking wine at home i'm pretty good at that but to um match it properly to a dish and then to you know to have a match where you can progress from from one wine to another i didn't do too much of that during lockdown so it was it was all very beautiful and very exciting and, yeah, it just made me feel really warm in the heart.
0: So with that feeling and given that you've been a restaurant critic for 13 years, how do you see your role moving forward in regards to journalism and do you think you'll be a restaurant critic again?
1: Well, I chatted to my editor last week and, I mean, <laughs> Basically, I haven't got my job back. Uh, that's the, that's how it stands at the moment. I think um, there's definitely no shortage of, of things to say about restaurants. And, you know, I don't need to tell you that. It's about budgets. So until advertising returns, the freelance budgets will uh, not return or, you know, not return in the same way. So, uh, yeah, I'll be telling the stories, but whether they'll, they'll be in the same form or in the same way, uh, yeah I don't I don't know yet. I mean as we've talked before I think traditional restaurant criticism um is up for grabs you know what what does a restaurant review look like at in this period I mean I don't think it looks like I mean what do we what are we doing like like I don't know do we need a, an extra mark for sanitizing I don't how do we <laughs> what does it mean to to judge a restaurant at the moment at, I just feel so much uh empathy for how tough it's been for the industry and, and how tough it continues to be and will continue to be that I mean I was I'm, my style of criticism was, was never about slamming people and um, marking people down it was always about looking for the story and the narrative and, and looking for the things that uh, that a restaurant was trying to be or to express what were they trying to express with what they were doing and the way they were doing it so I guess that there's definitely no shortage of of stories and things, things to say in that space. But uh, I think the column inches are not quite keeping up with the amount of um, things there are to say.
0: Now, not only has the pandemic affected going to restaurants, it's affected family gatherings as well. I noticed that you had a family gathering for the first time in months on the weekend. Yeah. How was that?
1: Yeah, oh, it was so special. So that was that was my big weekend was, you know, going to a restaurant for a quick seven courses in 90 minutes on Saturday night. And then on Sunday night, going over to mum and dad's for our normally fortnightly extended family gatherings. Uh, so we hadn't done that since February. So my brother and sister and their families, um, and yeah, m- uh, my family over to mum and dad's, mum puts on an amazing spread. Uh, my brother's become vegetarian over the last few months. My sister was already vegetarian. So it was it was a vegetarian feast. It was, uh, really delicious. Awesome. I guess the the exciting thing was to be there and uh, we sanitised like crazy <laughs> and um, <laughs> and then we just did it. it was It was great.
0: Okay, so you've eaten out and you know you're telling the stories of people at the moment, and you know that there's frustration from operators of trying to open up again with no shows and just all sorts of things going on. What advice could you give to people about eating in restaurants during this period as they're opening up?
1: Well, from a diner point of view, I think you just need to listen to what the restaurant is telling you about the about what they need to do to operate. So whether that's sticking to the government guidelines about uh, spacing and customer numbers or whether it's listening to the restaurant's own policies about bookings, about deposits, about whether you might need to prepay. So it, it's always important to turn up to a booking and to be as close to on time as you possibly can be, but at the moment, it's, it's things are so tight for restaurants like that. They may not be making money even if things go well on an evening. But for um, if you don't show up for your booking, or if you turn up really late, if you um, don't, uh, you know. If you just try to share an entree between four people, you're not really helping the restaurant. And I think if we love restaurants, we want to be back in them, then we really need to meet them at least halfway and be the best diners that we can be.
0: That's a great sentiment. And I'm um, so glad that you had such a big, amazing weekend. Hope to hear from you soon. In fact, we're going to hear from you very soon. Um, can you tell us about that?
1: Yeah, look, I'm super excited to announce... On deep in the weeds that i'm becoming part of the deep in the weeds family by launching a podcast under your umbrella my podcast is called dirty linen and it's a place for hospitality people to share all the big issues that are within the industry the issues that make it a sometimes tricky place to be so we're going to talk about business structures We're going to talk about industrial reform. We're going to talk about mental health. We're going to talk about racism. We're going to talk about a lot of the big issues that are hard to talk about. So it's Dirty Linen. We're airing our Dirty Linen and we're going to launch it very soon.
0: Well, Danny, Rob and I are bloody stoked to have you as part of the Deep in the Weeds team going forward. And we're very excited about this new podcast as well and can't wait for it to land, which is happening pretty soon. Um, Thanks for today. And um, yeah, hear from you personally very soon. Yeah,
1: thanks so much for having me.
0: This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Stay tuned as we share the stories of Australia's hospital community, suppliers, and producers in search of hope during this pandemic. Special thanks to executive producer, Rob Locke, for making this all happen. Follow us on Instagram, at Deep in the Weeds podcast, or email us at podcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. Stay safe and be well.